Welcome to the Two Stewards Show. This special episode, we interviewed our resident Airbnb expert, Mark Crickey. If you haven't noticed yet, Mark likes to talk about Airbnb quite a bit. He just likes to talk a lot in general, and that's okay because I like to listen, and we hope you like to listen too. Because all jokes aside, this is actually a useful episode. Mark shares some of the secrets of getting started and running a successful Airbnb, plus what he calls tools to avoid flailing about. So if you run your own Airbnb or are thinking of launching a short-term rental unit, maybe on your property or an investment property, this episode is a must listen. Mark and his team have helped numerous clients boost their short and midterm rental performance. You can get in contact with Mark over at Joy Hill Property Management, joyhill.ca. He's helping folks set up and manage short and midterm rental properties. Myself at Good Stewards, our services help you source the right investment property, develop quality rental units and secure amazing tenants. Learn more at goodstewards.ca and if you are altogether fed up with listening to episodes about Airbnb and just want to hear about the U.S. debt issues or monetary history, please send your feedback to hello at twostewards.ca. We'd love to know. And now, on with the show. Hello, folks. Welcome back to another episode of the Two Stewards Show. My name is Mark, and I'm here with... Uh, the lovely Brent. The lovely Brent. <laughs> and, Thanks, Mark. Thanks. Yeah, you're you're welcome, Brent. Everyone Despite my a, lack of a lovely beard. Yeah, well, everyone needs a compliment uh, once in a while. You got a lovely head of hair. Oh, you thanks. know, you, uh, you make make up for it in other ways. Not everybody can have a lush beard. Uh, today, we wanted to do uh, something a little more practical, and um, uh, as usual, I'll be doing most of the talking. <laughs> But we're going to... And I'll to, be doing most of the laughing and other kind of yeah, random comments. Poking fun at me. Yeah. Uh, but we're just going to get into a few practical tools around short-term rentals. Um, I have... Well, <laughs> I'm often speaking with people about uh, short-term rentals and especially people just getting started and they have a lot of questions. Mark, okay, let me jump in here because Mark just wants oh, to sound like a know-it-all. Well, um, Mark's always talking to people. I know that. Uh, and then he comes on here and just talks to more people. Um, but yeah, you do get a lot of questions in your line of work, which is, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but short-term, mid-term rentals. Yeah. Yeah. yeah primarily. So it's a trick question. Yeah. Cause if people haven't, uh, listened to previous episodes, Mark and his wife actually wrote a book on this, um, you, me and Airbnb. So he is kind of like the foremost expert in this room on this topic. <laughs> Just in this room though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we, we do, we do have chat GPT pulled up. So maybe we'll do an episode on that later, but um chat gpt is quite an expert on it as well so that's true yeah um, so maybe i'm like the second best in this room after <laughs> after chat gpt so hopefully some people will get something out of what we're about to lay down for everybody on how to get started with airbnb is that a good topic to to kind of kick this off Mark? Yeah, I, I guess so. Some specific tools, right? Yeah. I'm not going to get into like setting up your list. Well, because we did a high end talk about Airbnb and some of the um, things to consider before you actually buy a property, right? And we talked yes. at length about where to look and how and what kind of criteria and some of the tenant screening yep. um, uh, things to consider. But for people who are just literally getting started, have never done this before. Um, there's probably a lot of common mistakes people make and that you could help people avoid. 
Yes. Hopefully. Yeah. So yeah, we manage a number of properties. And so people will think, well, if you're doing it professionally and you've got a bunch of properties on the go, then you're going to use tools that I don't need to use. But there, yeah. and you know, to some extent that's true, but there are a lot of tools that everybody should be using. Yeah. Um, that yes, you'll have to subscribe and pay for. Uh, but if you're paying, let's say it's 15 or 20 bucks a month per listing, right? Yeah. If you got a bunch of listing that adds up, but you know, that's part of the cost of doing business. But even with one listing, it's worth it to pay 15, 20 bucks a month for some of these yeah. services. And that's the cost of doing business, but I don't run a business, Mark, or I do, but not in this Airbnb world. Or let's say I'm a customer talking or a listener talking. I'm yeah. saying, hey, Mark, I don't run a business doing Airbnb. I just want to Airbnb my basement or my house when I'm away. Or maybe they do want to buy a rental property and do this. Yeah, it's still a business. Still good. Yeah. If you're selling a good or a service for money, that's, you know, you're running a you business. You should treat it like a business. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, we so we talked about um, uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad and how to sort of look at your financial life anyways yeah. from that ledger perspective, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, you've got like your profit, profit and loss statement. Um, so even if you just, yeah. you're working Income, a job expenses. and you don't have anything else going on, you still should do that, right? And I think that, I mean, this is just an extension of that, right? If you're going to rent out your basement, that's so how we get started with, uh, with short-term rentals. It's another stream of income for you. Absolutely. And you should... It's another stream of laundry. <laughs> it's a big stream of laundry. <laughs> no, but you have to... Um... And Mark's going to tell us how to avoid that big stream of laundry. Yeah. You... Okay. Here's your first tip. Uh, just get a cleaner. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was a simple lesson that we eventually learned. Okay. <laughs> Once running, you know, running one unit, not too bad. Um, doing... We had three units going. That were our personal units and um, like just too much, just too much. And I finally convinced my wife to get some help yeah, and also get a cleaner. Hey, oh, <laughs> uh, no, get, get some more help in the form of uh, cleaners. Yeah. And um, so, I, okay, maybe that's the first thing we'll mention. So yeah. this isn't a specific tool, although there is a tool that we use that you can, yeah, I got to add that to the so list here. So this is a multifaceted comment that you're making. It's As they tool, all are, it, Brent. Yeah, okay. They're all multifaceted and multi-layered. And tangential. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yes. What were we talking about? <laughs> I forget. Cleaning. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, cleaning. So yeah, if you have one unit, you can do it yourself. If you're looking at, at it more as a business, I mean, and you, you kind of run the numbers and be like, here's how much I can charge. Here's what my occupancy is going to be. Um, you know, how much can I make? Is it worth having a cleaner? So there's two ways to look at the cleaning fee and some people don't charge a cleaning fee. You mean the cleaning fee that you can set on Airbnb? Like if you go yeah. on the website, you can say, my yep. price is this, I'm going to charge a cleaning fee. Yes. And you know, you can do that whether you're using Airbnb, booking.com, right. VRBO, those are sort of the three big ones, or even just doing direct bookings. Um, you, you can also charge a cleaning fee and you should always charge a cleaning fee. Because you have to clean. You have yeah. to, at the least, do laundry. Yeah. And we'll have people um, say, like, hey, if, if we clean, could you knock off the cleaning fee? And, like, it's not about, like, spraying down the countertops and all that stuff. Like, 
Yeah, that's yeah. part of it. Yeah. But the biggest thing is laundry. Yeah. And I want somebody in there to go look at the laundry first to make sure it's not stained. Just look at it. Just sit there and look at it. <laughs> no, but one of, one of our instructions for guests will be do not strip the beds. Like right. you think you're helping us, but just leave the beds alone. Because that way, if there's a stain, the cleaner uh, will come in and have a look at it visually first yeah. before they take the, the sheets off and see if there's any stains. Because then you right. got to treat them and uh, or you know, put new uh, linens on. Like you got to yeah. deal with it, right? Do you charge that to the, uh, the guest? Not, not unless it's ridiculous, right? Okay. This You'll, is a, this is a ridiculous stain. We have to charge the guest. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like if we so can't get it like out a, or it's going to take a lot of like time to get it out. your cleaners come in and they have like a ridiculous meter. Yep. If it's like 10, yep. 10 out of 10 ridiculous. Yeah. Like yeah. once you get above seven out of 10 on the ridiculous meter, then, uh, is there an app for that? <laughs> we're, we're working on it. Okay. <laughs> we got to get down to business here, Mark. This is business. Oh, the yeah. ridiculous meter. <laughs> you can have fun while doing business, you know? Um, but anyways, so yeah, cleaning it's a, so laundry is the biggest thing, right? What and, about dishes? Uh, like whatever. The, I, yeah. We'll ask people laundry to do dishes. their dishes. But right? it's not a big ordeal. If they don't do them, like whatever, <clears throat> right? Some people get pretty upset. And especially if it's like a unit in your house or maybe it was your house and you moved and you still have sentimental attached. Like, yeah, this is another thing about having a business, right? It's business. Yeah. Don't be personally offended by what people do. Do you think a yeah. hotel owner gets upset when somebody trashes a hotel? Well, maybe yeah. they'll get upset. But if somebody leaves a hotel room messy or something, the cleaner yeah. will come to them and be like, hey, this is really messy and... Or the, you know, they stole yeah. a bathrobe, like whatever it's business. We charge them for it. We move on because yeah. we got more guests coming and yeah. I can't, you can't have that much emotional baggage for every guest that does something because yeah. every guest will do something. Yeah. So it's business and you need to work the cost of new linens every six to 12 months, um, replacing glasses here and there, stuff like that. Right. You, you need to work that into your cost. And yeah. that's why, so that's again, why approach it as a business. The cleaning fee is how you incorporate that in or just the cleaning service? No, the cleaning cleaning is generally... So you build the replacement cost for these items. That's in, in your the, nightly fee. Okay. Yeah. The cleaning fee is just for someone to come in and clean the place and like do the laundry and, and the rest of the cleaning and also kind of alert you to, if you're not in there every day, alert you to what's going on with the unit. Yeah. Right? They're your eyes and ears if you're not doing the cleaning. So again, two ways to approach it, right? If you have just one unit and let's say it's in your basement, you can, you should still charge the cleaning fee, right? For a time we didn't do that because it's like, well, I'm here anyways. And you know, we're getting money from this. So it's like, no, you're, you, especially again, back to the laundry that takes time. Yeah. If nothing else, even if you're just standing there and everything else is clean, right? You got to load in, you got to wait in the washer. Maybe you got two loads, depending on the size of the place, but you got to load, you got to wash it and you're doing the cleaning in between, right? The other cleaning, yeah. but then you got to throw it in the dryer and like, sometimes you're waiting, but that's. So is there any efficiency to, um, I know we want to talk about tools and all these yep. different things. So, but just first, so is there any efficiency to having a second set of everything, bringing this stuff home that way you're oh, yeah. only at the property? So not once you're, once you scale up a little bit, right? 
So we do have two or three sets of linen at every place. And we try to make it all the same if possible. Like we're still working through standardizing that. But ideally you can have some spare linen. Like you can just buy them in bulk, right? Buy like 10 sets of linens. And if you have, you know, if you can standardize the bed size at your units, even better. So you just be like, they're all queen beds. Yeah. I've got all queen linen. Because like looking at like single single, or double versus queen, like. Single just doesn't fit on the queen. No, but you're. By the time you realize that, you're like, <laughs> you know, you're you've got sweating. it all unpacked. <laughs> like, ah, what is wrong? And I've done that before where I'm like, right. honey, I don't know how you get these sheets on. I just can't. She's like, it's a single, you, or it's a double, you dummy. doesn't fit on a queen. I'm like, oh. Okay. So I don't do a lot of the, uh, the cleaning. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, standardize if you can with the types of sheets so that you can just change them between units if you need yeah. to in a pinch. But for somebody but two just or three doing sets. One one airbnb unit or maybe one house with two units or something yeah yeah Yeah. so the the process still needs six sets of linens or 10 sets if they have two beds in each unit kind of thing yeah yeah two or three sets per bed right is is what i'm saying right and so again that's another cost it's a business yeah you got to go in and plan this out so there's some initial upfront capital outlay and you can't like please if you're listening do not buy microfiber yeah it's cheap it's going to pill immediately on you. You get the little pills on it and they're like crusty and hard to sleep on. Like just get some yeah. nice cotton sheets, like 300 thread count. This um, is detail out of advice. Yeah. Well, yeah. They, we're giving some granular advice here. Every <laughs> once in a while, we got to tell people something useful, I think, yeah, instead of okay. just theorizing about uh, fiat money and <laughs> debasement. Thomas Malthus. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. As much as Are I love Malthus. Are your kids still in the debasement? <laughs> <laughs> they do spend a lot of time in debasement, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they actually asked, like, how was money made the other day? Yeah. And I launched into a big tirade about, like, why you should listen fiat to economics and, you know, pay quantitative easing and and all this stuff and they're just like no like how do they actually make the coins i'm like oh Oh. we'll we'll go to the mint in winnipeg one day kids sorry (laughs) (laughs) my poor children but back to the uh back to the cleaning um yeah so thread count yeah right apparently once you get like above 400 count it's just nonsense right so you stick to like two three hundred yeah it's it's just nonsense so you stick to a decent thread count and you can get them at Walmart. You can get them at Costco. Yeah. Right. You can also order them online. Yeah. Um, but keep in mind, you're going to be replacing those sheets. Don't get too attached to them. Right. If you can get a year out of them. Awesome. Uh, sometimes it's less. So you don't want to buy the most expensive thing unless yeah. you have like a very luxe listing. Yeah. Um, but yeah. The, so ideally workflow is cleaner comes in, looks at every bed, identifies any stains or whatever strips all the beds all the uh, all the bedding gets either stain treatment tired started or throws them in the washer then they get the second set of linens and you know maybe they're may do some other cleaning but then you don't wait for those that set of linens to be clean you get the secondary right. set and you put it on the bed so they make the beds the beds are done while yeah. the laundry's still going yeah. And then that laundry gets folded up and put into the closet. Right. Uh, like wherever you keep your spare linens. Um, so, yeah, several sets of linens. And there's no way to speed that up. <clears throat> there's people try different things, right? So if you have like 100 units, um, some That's of those folks of will have their own laundromat. Right. Right. I've, I've listened to uh, 
uh, fellow that did that. And that works well for them. And they have like a pretty big cleaning team and stuff. So yeah. they will just do like deliveries of laundry to places. Like this one's getting turned over. We're going to send yeah. a king set a queen, and three queen sets to that house. Yeah. right? So when the cleaners get there, they got it. And then um, they will deliver all the dirty laundry to a central depot. Yeah. And that cuts what down do on the laundry. Do? What do hotels do? Well, they have laundry services on site, right? So they'll have, but they bring it off site to clean? Or they you, well they depends on the size, but usually they'll do it on site. On site, there are like you can get services to pick See, up. I never thought about this stuff. Yeah, but. yeah. Some hotels will offsite it. Yeah, right. So they'll just have like the really cheap ones. A bundle of uh, yeah, <laughs> they just turn them over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, people will offsite them, but you really need economies of scale to do that. Oh, it doesn't. It's, like it's the, expensive. It's like the saying: save toilet paper, use both sides. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, usually, I'm the one who gets yeah, this off track. This episode is going sideways already. <laughs> um, do you want to talk about cleaning the whole time? No, but I just want to get through this if uh, you can focus. Yeah, all right, I'll focus. Um, But again, if you're doing like a single unit, you're not going to get a laundry service. We've looked into that too, right? But it's expensive. Yeah. And they price it by the pound. Um, So we won't get into that. But just getting back to the theory of cleaning and having a cleaning fee, you need a cleaning fee because your time's valuable, whatever you do, right? And and Kirsten was like, well, I'm a stay-at-home mom, like whatever. I'm like, your time is still valuable. You could be doing other stuff. And whether you take the cleaning fee personally, and that just goes into your revenue stream, like that's awesome. If you want to do the cleaning and you have the time, then do that. Yeah. And that's extra income. And then if you don't. It's also extra work. Yeah, it's extra work, but you're getting compensated for it. Um, And then, you know, if you can't do it for some reason, you got to pay somebody else. You've already got that structure set up and you know it's 50 bucks or 100 bucks or whatever um, that is going to cover the cost of the cleaning. So you're not going to be out that money if yeah. you have to call somebody in to See, clean that for what, you. That's what kind of jumps in my head if I'm going to start an Airbnb. And we tried it for a bit, but um, we had, had to move back into the house because we lived there. So, yeah. um, But for people who uh, they think, oh, I'm just going to get started. I'll try this out. Um, you know, I'll do the cleaning. I'll charge a cleaning fee, but I'll do the work. Um, but then you're kind of tied to the, the yeah. work and the, like, if you have a booking and you want to go on holidays with your family or something, exactly. then you all of a sudden scrambling, cause you don't have a system in place to kind of manage the cleaning while you're gone. Or what if this happens? What if that happens? Yeah. Um, and then it becomes, well, you're on vacation with your family, thankfully, but you're texting the cleaner back and forth a hundred times because they don't, you know, they don't know what to do. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas if you had somebody set up already and you walk them through it, cause you got to walk them through at least the first time, generally speaking, right? Like here's all the, the, uh, quirks of this place and here's what yeah. to look out for. The ceiling fan gets more dusty, like whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, you got to build that up. So if you can do that, then you can have a little bit of confidence that your cleaner is going to be able to take care of, uh, the cleaning and also look out for other stuff. Right. Yeah. Like, Hey, we're missing, you know, normally you have eight glasses in this cupboard. There's only seven. Yeah. Right. So, or missing other stuff. Yeah. Right. A good cleaner is actually not a cleaner. They're a turnover specialist. I think I Ooh. mentioned that before. No, you didn't. Oh, okay. Uh, maybe that was maybe you a, did and another I wasn't paying tra- attention. No, it's could have been a training, but yeah, they're actually, they're not cleaners. They're turnover specialists, right? Because it, for short-term rentals, it is an art. Yeah. You can't just get a normal residential house cleaner to come in and clean. 
Yeah. Right. The whole place has to be sp- like cleaned yeah. perfectly every time. Yeah. Whereas if you have somebody cleaning your house, for example, they'll yeah. be like once a month, I'm going to dust this area. Yeah. Right. Whereas this time, like there can't be dust anywhere. There can't be like a single hair yeah. on any pillowcase, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Right. And then they also have to know like, Hey, we're running low on hand soap, yeah. um, garbage bags, whatever. Right. Yeah. So we use an app called Turno. T-U-R-N-O. Right. Take notes, people. What and, is this um, called? Turno. Turno. T- it used to be Turnover B&B. Yeah. And, um, yeah, because we have, I don't know how many cleaners we have, but uh, a dozen or more um, that will do different properties. Yeah. So this ties into our property management software, which I will uh, I'll get into as well after as a tool that you should be using. Um, but basically, it's all automated. So when we get a booking... I've set up a primary cleaner for each property where my wife has, and um, also a list of secondary cleaners. Right. Right. You never want to just rely on one person because... It could fail. Well, yeah. they Yeah. You don't want a single point of failure anywhere in your system. The first person came in and just looked at the laundry and was like, I'm out of here. (laughs) Um, No, but even if you have good cleaners, like they get sick. Yeah. They hopefully don't forget. Um, but you know, they'll, they'll go on holidays, yeah. whatever it is. Right. So usual of a primary and then a secondary or a couple secondaries. So the way this app works is as soon as there's a booking, it's all integrated with your software. They get a message saying, Hey, there's a booking for September 10th. Would you like to do it? Yeah. And you have all your pricing and everything set out beforehand with them. Um, so that, uh, like you don't have to talk about that every time, right? So for the majority of our cleanings, we don't actually communicate with our cleaners anymore um, other than like if there's an issue. And we'll keep an eye on it, yeah. right? If nobody accepts the, the cleaning. So let's say the primary person gets the notification, they either accept or decline. Yeah. And if they accept, great. It goes into their uh, their calendar. They get reminders. We get a reminder. And if they, and then they do the cleaning, if they decline, it goes to the pool of secondary cleaners. Yeah. And then for them, it's first come first serve. So it might be three people get a a notification or an email. Hey, there's a cleaning available. Do you want it? Whoever takes it first gets it. And they all understand that. So fight each other over it kind of thing. Yeah. Well, they don't know who the other, right. They they don't see the other names. Right. See, that's funny. I had that with my uh, physiotherapist. He's in high demand, so you go on his booking thing. It's like you're booking into like three months from now. Right. Like, well, I got an issue now. Yeah. Um, but then you sign up on the waiting list, and the thing comes up, right? And you got to fight everyone else. For oh, it. yeah. You got to be like watching and <laughs> so, ready. So like 20 minutes later, I'll check my phone. You got the thing, and you're like, ah, oh, I'm ready taken. It's <laughs> <laughs> always a race. But. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, so it's kind of like that. So, yeah, again, for the majority of our cleanings, we're not – Spending time now calling the cleaner and saying like, hey, can you go to this place? And you write it down in your notebook. And, you know, so managing a bunch of properties that like it's an absolute must. Yeah. Right? We have to do it. If you have one property, do you need that? Maybe not. Is um, this software free or like a? Well, it's, so it is a paid thing, but yeah. we get it free with our property management software. Oh, okay. Which is a reason I, one of the reasons I switched to uh, to that software, which I'll I'll get into after. Um, but I mean, you know, especially if you had that. So we use Hospitable as the PMS property management software. If you had that, like, why not take advantage of the uh, 
of the free app and yeah. have your cleaner on the app as well. Because then there's, it's still, even if you're doing, let's say two or three bookings a week, that's still two or three whole sets of communication you need to have with that person. Like, oh, can you, you know, here's another yeah. one, here's another one. Just automate it. Like, yeah. make your life easier. Why, uh, why fight it? Man, you're so smart. <laughs> Not smart. I only know this because we're dumb and we did it all the wrong ways. So we eventually <laughs> were like, oh, this is better. Okay. You know? Just looking, turno.com, there is a free option if you have one property and... So maybe oh, okay. maybe there is a way to do it if you don't have property management software and just want to manage the cleaner, yeah. but you just have your basement and you're renting it out. Definitely um, look into it. So you should still... So we'll talk about this, the, the first tool. I think everybody should invest in property management software. Okay. Um, you know, even if you're a very organized person, whatever. So one of the reasons is you should never just be listed on just Airbnb, for example, Right. You want to do Airbnb, um, depending on your area, right? Booking.com, yeah. uh, VRBO. So in Hamilton and urban markets, especially, VRBO is not like we just, we don't use it because it's uh, specifically geared towards vacation rentals. So vacation rental by owner is the... Uh, is the long form of the acronym VRBO. Yeah. Um, so if you have a vacation, like a cottage somewhere, like, yeah, absolutely VRBO. And you can use different tools to see the penetration of Airbnb versus Booking.com versus uh, VRBO in certain markets. So if you were to look at the Hamilton market, you would see like Verbo has maybe a 2% market share or something. Right. Right. And that's just something we've learned over time. Like you yeah. never get any requests through Verbo yeah. um, in Hamilton. Right. right. Booking.com, Airbnb. Absolutely. Yeah. So those are the ones that you want to use. And so there's a lot of different uh, smaller sites out there. So you're saying the property management software is going to be helpful in getting your listing up, not just on Airbnb, but on all these other <clears throat> platforms and then managing. Them. Well, you've got to put the listings up. So if you're doing it, I always recommend start with Airbnb. Yeah, it's the biggest one. Um, and from Airbnb, you can sort of import that listing into other platforms. So booking.com, for example, yeah, you go on there and then there's an option to import your Airbnb listing. You can't do it backwards right. from booking to Airbnb, as far as I know. Um, so start always with Airbnb because then you're not building listings like two, three, four times, right? Yeah. And same with Verbo, you import it into there. And same with a lot of other platforms, actually. We yeah. use um, Sinistar, which is an insurance uh, stay platform. Yeah. And again, you just import Copy it from there and then tweak it. Yeah, it's actually like, you know, you list your Airbnb listing, so like put the link in and then it just, it pulls everything from there. Right. And then you can optimize it yeah. or tweak it a little bit from there. Um, but the, the advantage of using property management software, and especially hospitable, which I, I like, uh, and there's like there's probably 10 or 12 PMSs out there that are really good. So I'm yeah. just, we're using one and we're not, because it's a lot of work to switch between them, we're not gonna like bounce back and forth. You know, we, we used one for a while, it was pretty good. And then I found just there's some things about hospitable that I really liked and the free turno app was one of them um so we we made the switch and a few other things weren't working for us on the other platform um but one thing hospitable is really good at is unifying guest messaging 
So what I do is I set up templates, and maybe I can... Uh, oh, you can pull it up on the screen or no? Yeah, maybe I'll pull it up for a second here. Um, but there's a lot of messaging with guests, right? And especially with multiple properties, like you have tons and tons of, uh, of, um, of messages going out. But even especially with one if unit. you're doing short-term stays. With yeah, if you're doing shorter guests. stays. If you're only doing midterm, not as... Uh, not as important, I guess. Um, but let me just uh, pull this up for a second here. All right. So if you're watching on the screen, Mark is pulling up uh, his property management. Okay. Software. So here we go. So this is hospitable.com. And I've just got this section uh, blurred. Uh, so you can't see the guest names. <laughs> so you pull it up. And then you blur it out. <laughs> Very useful. <laughs> yeah. No, but you can see, so here we've got pending messages. Yeah. And then up top, you can barely make that out, 16 active messaging rules. So what that is, is we have a series of messages that go out um, and are just automated. Yeah. And they will go out to... Uh, all the different platforms, whether it's Airbnb or Booking.com. So you don't have to actually log into Airbnb and then message somebody and then no. log out and log back into Booking.com and message exactly. those people. On. Exactly. Okay. So yeah, you can see the benefit already, even with just one one apartment, even right? One unit listed. You one got unit. All these different platforms. Yeah, and yeah, it may only be two or three. Yeah. But it's useful. So we'll have like, for example, a message if somebody just is inquiring. Yeah. They get an automated message back with some information and certain things that they would want to know, right? If, uh, if it's an instant book, um, then they're not inquiring. They book it and then we're like, hey, thanks for booking. Here's some information. We'll be in touch closer to the booking date yeah. with more information, right? Yeah. And then they'll get something pre-check-in, like just a reminder. It's all taking care of your guests, right? Like yeah. They're, the minute they make contact with your listing or... Yep your company or I guess if it's a person just renting their basement, like whatever, it's all managed through kind of prefabricated messages. <laughs> yeah. And most people don't realize it either. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, um, so every once in a while you got to pay attention. Unless it's like 4am and the guy's like, Oh, Mark just messaged me back right away. With some uh, yeah. So you can set it not to send messages between certain times. Hours. Okay. So that even makes it more realistic, realistic. Right. Yeah. Uh, but you can also just message immediately. And like, we've never, never once have we had anybody say like, is this an automated message? Yeah. Usually there's like, oh, thank you so much for the quick response or whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, so 16 messaging rules. These are just automated messages that go out according to various parameters. So again, the day of check-in with the instructions, the day after with um, like, hey, how's everything? Yeah. Um, maybe if with a longer stay you can have a midpoint check-in then the day before check out like hey yeah. just a reminder checkouts tomorrow here's what you do the day of checkout the day after like hey thanks for staying please don't forget to leave us a good review yeah. and then maybe later if they haven't left a review another one saying yeah. please leave a review remember your five-star experience exactly yeah. yeah so you know you kind of you tailor them and then there's also, we have uh, messages for each property. So like your check-in instructions are gonna be different for every property, Yeah. right? So there's general ones that apply to every property. And like, it's, it's super easy because you just insert, um, like it will figure out which property 
to message. So if an inquiry comes in, it knows it's for property number one. Yeah. So in your messaging, you can have the same message for every property, but hey, thanks for inquiring about insert property name here and yeah. the software picks out the correct property name. Yeah. Okay. So super handy. So there's a couple advantages for multiple listings. It takes the load off and then every once in a while you've got to respond to like specific requests, but even a lot of those, like what's the Wi-Fi password is the most common one. Yeah. So you can set up a sort of an AI thing where it picks up uh, the word Wi-Fi and sort of the general message. And then it will just auto respond with the Wi-Fi for that place. Yeah. Right. Because people don't read and, you know, it's in their check in instructions. It's in the listing information. It's, it's on a piece of paper when they open the door. <laughs> like 25 percent of people still. What's the Wi-Fi? Yeah. So like whatever. Um, oh. And but again, part of having a business, right? Like don't managing be upset it might be the 50th person in a row who's asked for wi-fi info but they don't know that yeah it's their first time yeah. at your unit yeah and whatever they're traveling they're busy they get the dog barking the kids yelling yeah right and then sometimes people are like oh i'm so dumb i just saw it right there on the table but thank you and they're more appreciative too if you're not snarky and be like did you not see it anywhere yeah right they're um they're appreciative of that. So the first benefit of the automated messaging, with, you know, through your property management software is that uh, it's a good guest experience, right? Yeah. And it frees up your time. So you're not as busy or as harried, especially with multiple properties, but even with one. The second one is that you get a good response time score with the platform that you're using. So Airbnb especially, they measure this. How long does it take the, um, the host to get back to you? And they actually have average response times right on your listings. So if somebody's looking at your listing, they can look at it and see how long does it normally take Mark to answer a question. Yeah. Right. And then you get scored on that in your metrics as well. But if you uh, automate Airbnb. it, you get a really good score. Yeah. And, you know, there's... Um, that's legit. So we have very good scores for responsiveness because we're generally responding like instantly. Yeah, with a bot. Yeah, with a bot. But um, that's how the world works, man. <laughs> um, the other thing, uh, so that is one of the benefits of property management software is the unified messaging. Yeah. And then, uh, oh, I got to. Well, you said so unified messy. You also said integrating with the cleaning kind of scheduling stuff as well. Yeah, I'm just going to bring up the uh, the calendar real quick. So this is the other thing. It will uh, integrate calendars. And so you can do that just using Airbnb and um, booking.com, for example. Yeah, I, th I suspect most people are not watching this, but um, maybe you can describe yeah, I'm just uh, I'm just uh, blurring a few things here uh, before I bring it up. So, um, yeah, with the uh, with the calendar, you can integrate Airbnb and Booking.com, for example, just on without using property management, so that they you don't get double bookings. Right, that's like the worst thing that can happen to you is you get a double yeah. booking. Um, but uh, so you can do it that way, and that's fine. But uh, if you're using a property management software, if you're thinking about it, then, you know, get that. So if you're watching, I've got it pulled up on the screen. So here's a bunch of listings. 
And then for us, it's super handy too. Like, how are we doing right now? Has demand just at a glance, right? And you you kind of look at your um, look at the listings, and then you see if there's any gaps. Like, oh, I need to do something about so this. So rather than gap. going on Airbnb specifically and looking at the calendar that's integrated into their software, you yeah, look so at it everything. Will, yeah, and this this will also tell me like. I've got, you know, here's an Airbnb booking, here's a booking.com booking. Right. Whereas I go on the Airbnb calendar, it just shows that certain dates are blocked. Right. Right. And so, so with how this. How does that work if you have a listing on Airbnb and on booking.com and well, somebody they, wants to book, like the calendar's linked? Yeah. It's just okay. an iCal file that you, okay. you, uh, you connect them to each other and, um, and then they talk to each other. Right. So they're competitors, but like they realize that people are doing this. So yeah. you might as well make it a little bit easy for them. Yeah. But again, you don't have visibility over like where right. that booking is or why it's blocked off. So I can do custom bookings as well on my property management software. So if I have, um, if someone called you up yep. and they want to stay or you want to block it off for a certain. Yeah. Reason. And if I want to track that, then I'll just, I'll block it off and put their name in. Or whatever information, yeah. I right? Have to do so repairs this week. I'm going to be in here. Yeah, yeah. And then again, especially once you got a few listings going, it's super helpful to keep that organized. So we've got a bunch here that are that are you know we haven't put in the names for the direct bookings, um, but that's you know where you see the bigger gaps. These are like midterm stays, and um, yeah, it's it's blocked off okay. in the calendar. So. Yeah, I just have a good look at my pricing, at my overall calendar. Um, but again, even with one unit, so you're going to pay a little bit of money. Actually, a lot of, like the Turno, a lot of PMSs will do like your first units free because they want to get you, that's the hook, right? Yeah. So if you do grow, then they want your business and yeah. um, they get to charge you more money. So yeah. uh, just for keeping organized, right? The messaging the the unified calendar yeah um and then if there's other bonus things in the um in that property management software then like that's awesome as well yeah there's a lot more that goes into this uh behind the scenes than most people who just go to an airbnb would think yeah absolutely <laughs> you show up for a vacation at an airbnb little do you know you've got a chat bot talking to you and a cleaning <laughs> software and well and 10 years ago when we started we didn't have any of this stuff right yeah. some of this stuff was around but it was in its infancy yeah you're sending but it's... letters by mail to all the <laughs> yeah um it's really uh it's really grown in popularity so property management software uh, is one thing I absolutely recommend. Um, the next thing in, you know, if you're not using property management software, I really recommend it. Uh, but pricing software, I would say is a must, like you okay. have to, you just, you got to do it. Um, so we should have talked about that first. Well, you know, we we, we flow organically here, uh, Brent. Right. <clears throat> okay. So we use price labs. Uh, wheelhouse is probably the other big one in the short term rental space. They're just as good. Apparently I haven't used them, but I've got, again, no reason to switch really because we're happy with, um, with the, the pricing, uh, tools that we've been using. And so a lot of these tools will do different things as well. So it's, some of them have different twists. So you got price labs and wheelhouse each do slightly different things. And, um, a lot of them are kind of overlaid or, uh, overlapping. So you'll see some of that stuff in here, but I can just, uh, bring up my screen here for price labs, for example. 
And uh, so this I, is software that's going to tell you what or suggest what price to set your unit. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So most people will start and they'll just be like, okay, I'm going to charge a hundred bucks a night. Yeah. Okay, great. And then, you know, you get bookings, you don't get bookings. You don't really know why. Um, and then you've got to kind of adjust your pricing. And this is how we started, right? You adjust your pricing a little bit higher if you're busy, a little bit lower if you're not, right? Till you find that good, good kind of mix and then you leave it. Yeah. Well, you're potentially, not potentially, like you're leaving money on the table for yeah. sure, right? Um, some people will be like, hey, I'm going to be smart and I'm going to charge more on the weekends. Yeah. Okay, yep. So that's like a dynamic pricing model now, right? It's not static. Um, you're charging X on the weekdays, X on weekends because you know there's more demand on the weekends. Perfect. So what a pricing software will do is take that thought and multiply it by a thousand, right? So it will look at all the different things that you could, um, you could ever possibly, that could possibly influence pricing, right? Yeah. Because maybe you're smart and you realize... I need different pricing for winter and different pricing for summer. Yeah. Okay, fine. So I'm going to do a separate profile for that, right? And then you got to remember to change it every uh, every season. There's so, so many variables that go into so this. So many variables. So seasonality yeah, is one of them. Yeah, you were talking about like events even in yeah. your region. Yeah. So you might know that, oh, there's a concert, a Taylor Swift concert coming up. Let me put my prices up, right? Or down. Or... <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, Taylor. It's a, it's a popular, uh, oh, pop. I would say hop. It's pretty popular. Uh, you don't have to like it. You just got to profit from it, right? <laughs> um, but you may not know that there's a monster truck show the next yeah. weekend, and it's going to get X amount of people. So the pricing software will track all this stuff for your, um, for your city, for your neighborhood, right? It yeah. gets pretty granular. And there's just so many things that it will, um, so many data points that it, that it integrates. So it's more than a person could do for one listing, definitely more than a person could do for 10 or 20 listings. Yeah. Right. It just, it takes all that information. Like, you know, what is the most popular? Does, is there an airport at that city? Yeah. What's the most popular day for flights right. coming in wow. and out? Does that change? Yeah. Well, so hotels have been doing this forever, actually. Right. They have generally a hotel will have someone who's in charge of pricing. Right. And like, that's just their job. They look up what's going on and like a lot of it's automated now, but especially yeah. previously, they would have to know what was going on in that city and they would adjust their pricing uh, accordingly. Right. If you look at a hotel, the price is never the same from day to day. And sometimes even intraday it changes. Yeah. Right. So eventually as short-term rental people are like hey maybe there's something to that and we should use that so now we have these so you're saying pricing tools. software is a must so that sounds yeah. um and is that integrated with the property management software too or that's something different a, uh no so i don't know of any pms that does um also the pricing okay a lot of them will look at your pricing or analyze it but it yeah. doesn't actually do the pricing for you. Right. And like, there's a few, like I said, price labs and wheelhouse yeah. that are established. They, they do it well. So just go like pick a winner, right? Go with one that actually does it well. And, but it will integrate with your property management software. So, um, let me just pull this up. Uh, I'm not going to get too, uh, granular here. Um, but we can, you know, you see all these, uh, all these listings, you got the name, um, you can review the prices, bedroom count, city, and then 
at the least, you're going to set your minimum price, your base price, and your maximum price. And so the minimum price is like that is the absolute lowest I would want to charge for this unit. Um, and then, you know, here's the base price. And you set that or it lies? You set that. Yeah, okay. You can also let it, like let the AI, because yeah. everybody uses AI now, um, pick those prices for you. Yeah. But you're better to, if you know... Well, and you may have like one property to another may vary like your mortgage payment and your interest rate and all that stuff. So you you may have just a minimum number that you don't want to go below. So uh, you set your minimum, your base and your maximum. And your maximum is actually important, too, because you don't want like it may get booked, but you may have people disappointed. Right. At a certain point, the value um, you may exceed your actual value for the house and then you're going to get a bad review is not make a couple hundred extra bucks is not worth a bad review yeah right so you got to set it to where people will pay it and like a extreme surge pricing event um so you'll see one here i've capped it out at 9.99 and there's specific reasons for that property um five bedroom why i wouldn't go above that because people at that point wouldn't be happy they'd be expecting probably something else right and it's yeah. the same for other 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 properties right there's you know three bedroom niagara falls i'm not going to charge more than 500 bucks a night and my base price is 225 um so we can click on that and review the uh review the pricing but it gets really granular um if you want right so you could just set your minimum base and maximum and leave it And then it will, using all the data points that we talked about and the neighborhood information. And so you'll see, uh, yeah, we can, do I have it up? I got it up there. So you got your calendar, you've got your neighborhood data. So it's comparing comparable neighborhood listings. And then you've got hotel data as well. So to look at hotels in the area, what are they charging? And we're going to adjust based on that. So you have to have a fair amount of trust in... um, in the software in the software but once you've used it for a while you develop that trust yeah right you can ask it to help you choose a base price if you just really have no clue um you can do overrides if you want for a specific date if you know there's something like there's uh there's a baseball tournament coming up in hamilton in a couple weekends yeah and the pricing software didn't pick up on that because like an amateur thing but we've had I don't know, between six and 10 inquiries yeah. for places just where you're like, oh, what's going on? Yeah. Right. So this is not like a Taylor Swift concert where you're going to double your prices, but like, oh, maybe I want to bump everything up a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you've got, you can do all kinds of customizations and I don't have a ton on this one here, but last minute prices. So you can have them go up or down and actually it does that anyways, but you can customize how it does that. Orphan day prices, again, I've set at the default, but that's when you've got a day or two in between bookings. So you may say, I only want to do three-day bookings. Um, That's the minimum thing I'll do. But then let's say you've got a three-day booking, a two-day gap, and a three-day booking. This will give you the option to allow just that one time to book someone to book two days. So you fill in that orphan gap. Yeah. Uh, You got minimum stay. So, you know, here we've got, um, on a weekday, I, I want a minimum of two nights on a weekend, two nights. If we go a little further out and, you know, let me, uh, These poor orphans, man. I know. I feel bad. That's why we want to, 
That's why I want to use pricing software. <laughs> fill those gaps. Fill those gaps. So, okay, but what else? So we've got cleaning. You got turno.com. You got pricing software. This is... Um, Have you had enough it? of the pricing software? Is that your Well, I'm just rent? saying it's really good. But like for people who aren't getting this granular, um, we're taking all the boxes here and how that people can stop flailing about when they're starting their Airbnb. Yes, walking in darkness. So, um, okay, I won't beat it to death, but the pricing <laughs> software... You can get as granular as you want, or you can just, you know, Leave it do a basic, yeah, do a basic minimum base maximum yeah, and then let it sort it out. But you will find, um, like you'll never be able to, here, let me just pull up one more time, right? You look okay. at the pricing here, right? So we've got, you know, 94 bucks and here's, if I hover over it, it gets you. have to you explain a, this because people can't see it. Oh, right. Sorry. I assume people are watching, but nobody watches. Um, so I've got my calendar here. And if I click on a day, it's going to bring up a whole bunch of factors. A like reasons know, why it picked that price. Why? Yes. You know, you know, for this reason, the seasonality thing, we're bumping it up 17%. The demand factor is a little bit higher. So we're bumping it up 2%. The pacing factor, we're down 5%. Yeah, a whole bunch of factors, right? Where it's going to yeah. adjust the price. So you see... Just in this one week, every day is a different price. $94 Sunday, 92 $93, $102, $113, $129, $140. So if somebody's booking this, they're paying a different price every night. Yeah. Um, but they're just seeing like the total price for the whole stay. Yeah. They're not, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then if they were to pick a different week or something, they would get a, yet again a different price. But for example, 140 bucks on this, um, this particular Saturday, like I wouldn't, I don't even know why it's that price. Maybe it's that baseball tournament, but it will pick up trends too, right? If there's a lot of people booking in Hamilton. Yeah. Out of the ordinary, quicker than usual, it's going to pick that up and bump your price up. Right. Which you would never, you can't track that kind of information no. yourself. Um, so uh, that is a very good reason to use pricing software. The conventional wisdom is if you don't, you're leaving probably 30% of revenue on the table. Which is significant. Yeah, it's huge. It's yeah. huge. And I know for us, it's, it's like, it's huge. The other benefit that it has is that um, it looks to Airbnb like you're in your listing every day adjusting the pricing. So the way it works is you set your pricing on the pricing software, it pushes it to your PMS, that pushes it to Airbnb. Because a lot of price uh, property management software will allow you to set your prices as well and then push right. it to Airbnb and booking.com and VRBO. Yeah. And you can do like, I want to charge 10% more for booking.com because their fees are higher or whatever, right? Yeah. You can make those adjustments. Um, but needless to say, it satisfies the algorithm in Airbnb that we've talked about before, where it wants owner involvement. Well, now it looks like you're in your listing every day changing something. Yeah. When it's just the pricing software is doing that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, pricing would is is the most important thing you can do for your um, for your Airbnb or for your short term rental. The next thing. <laughs> How many hours is this podcast going to be? <laughs> Many. Um, uh, no, this will be the last major thing I, I right. touch on. Um, so again, if you're running an Airbnb or a short-term rental. Hopefully you got something out of this. Yeah, but yeah, you'll get some actual usable tools. So pricing right. software, number one, property management software, number two. And a cleaning. Potentially with a cleaning add-on. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, ranking software is important. Right. So you Airbnb has some good analytics right on their um, in their site and they're getting better. 
because they know this is what people want. So you can use some of that stuff. It's under the insights tab on your, um, on your profile. Yeah. And it'll give you a lot of good information. And they've actually now integrated with uh, a company called Air Review. So okay. they've been around for a while and they look at, so let me just pull this up on my ranking software, who also use Air Review. And yeah, I don't have a ton of data on this one. Um, let me just uh, go back. Go back for a second and we'll pick a different property. But um, anyways, Air Review does a whole bunch of uh, different analytics for the performance of your property. So, yeah, let me just, uh, I'll just go to the main page here of Rank Breeze and we'll get back to the uh, some of the analytics stuff. But basically, this is analytic software. So it tracks how your listings are doing. So we'll look at, you know, okay, here we got, we're page eight, page 12, page eight, um, page two, 14, six, three, two, three, four, one, 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 one. So they should all be one. Uh, not necessarily. So when you're, one of the things with doing midterm rentals is that it really kills your, um, or just longer bookings in general, really kills your ranking. Right. Because now that unit is off the market. For in, in the eyes months, of Airbnb. Six months or whatever. Well, even a month. Yeah. Right. We'll do month stays and you'll see your ranking drop like very quickly. Right. Um, so some of these rankings are not good, but I'm okay with that because I know this is a long or this is a midterm rental generally. Yeah. And then you can break it down and look into the longer stays, like monthly stays, and then you're like, oh, we're ranked in the top, you know, right. five or whatever for monthly stays. And if that's my strategy for that unit, then that's fine. Right. That's where I want to be. But we'll look at, um, okay, let me pull it back up here. So if you're listening, you're not seeing this, but I've picked a listing. I clicked on rankings. So I'm using rank breeze as my, um, uh, uh, ranking software. And it's probably the top one that you could use for, for doing this. And so the reason you want to use, um, a ranking, or a software that tells you your ranking is so you know how you're doing, right? If you have a business, a you need to be able to measure your performance, right? You might know you're getting bookings or more often people are not getting bookings. They don't know why. So then I can, I'll go pull up their listing on rank breeze and be like, well, you're in, you're on page 15. Yeah. Nobody's even seeing your listing. Yeah. So what can we do to make your listing more appealing to the Airbnb algorithm to get you into page one or two so that people are actually seeing it. Yeah. So that you have a chance of somebody booking, right? Cause if you're in the top 10 list, top 10, you're, you're going to get booked all the time. So you got to get there and then you got to stay there. So I'll just pull the, uh, pull the thing back up here, the rank breeze. And so this one integrated with air review. So you got a whole bunch of information, right? About your impressions, your click through. So this is like your funnel if you're into that kind of thing, right? And it just kind of goes down the funnel. Um, you know, at what's your conversion rate, your listing views, all that kind of stuff. What's your revenue? The revenue isn't always, uh, I find, accurate. Um, but your average daily rates, it shows you that as well, right? Your occupancy. So if you're doing direct bookings, yeah. obviously it's not going to be reflected in here because it can't pull that data from any website. Yeah. Right? So that's one of the... Um, 
one of the downfalls. But here's the most important part, really, is uh, I'm just going down to the ranking uh, graph. Well, your search rankings. Yeah, our search rankings. So that would be within Airbnb. This is specific, specific? specific to uh, Airbnb because there's not enough information and tools for booking.com and VRBO. Okay. So you kind of use the Airbnb as a proxy. Um, but it, we've got a bunch of different lines here. And if you look at the bottom, that corresponds to the guest count. So if I look at my uh, ranking for one guest, it's pretty low. It's not great, but I don't care about that. That's not who I'm marketing to. I want in this house, I want four, five, six guests, that right. kind of guest count, right? So you see my guest count for two is also low. And this is just natural. People looking for a one bedroom aren't going to book a three bedroom. Yeah. Just, it's not. And if they do, they're not going to click on it. And if you're not getting clicked on, you're going to drop in the, um, in the results. So for three guests, we're getting a little bit better, right? We're, uh, rank number 53. So page three, not bad. It's, it's not great still, but, uh, four guests were getting better, right? So, and this, you know, it changes all the time. Uh, but rank number 28, uh, 25 on page two. So you're saying so if somebody's searching for two, three, four guests or two, three, four bedroom or whatever. Well, when you're searching in Airbnb, you set your guest amount. Yeah. So I've got four five guests, people yeah. with me. Okay. And this is where it pulls that information from. So what I'm really after here is six guests and you know, maybe five. Yeah. So I can see that I've been, you know, on page one, rank 12. Uh, for six guests and five guests is pretty well paralleling that. And I was, it's dropping a little bit and now it's come back up. Yeah. So this will tell you what your ranking is. It won't always tell you why. And then right. we've, you know, you'll see up here, you got weekly stays and monthly stays. And how do you rank for that? It doesn't always fill that in properly. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but what you want to do is information to know that your listing's not doing well. And now, you know, yeah. for sure it's not doing well. You just don't know why. Yeah, so you can look at the monthly stays. We're not doing a ton of monthly stays here, but we're still on page two yeah. for five and six guests, so that's not bad. Um, but what you can do, and lots of information, I'm not going to get Mark, into all of it. you got to run a webinar on this stuff, man. Uh, I have. Okay. Um, competitors, you can set up competitors to see what their rates are. And, you know, looking at competitor rates, I'm feeling pretty good because they're higher than most of them. So I'm happy with that if I'm getting occupancy. And then you can do, uh, last thing we'll talk about, optimization journals. So you can benchmark. So if your listing is not doing well, you make a change. And then you wait probably three days uh, for all everything to catch up. Um, so, yeah, Airbnb algorithm updates every 24 hours. And then you got like rank breezes another 24 hours. So you, you make a change, you wait a little bit, and then you see if that affects your ranking. Right. So here you can track a change. So you would add it. So here I've got just one for this listing. Um, price change January 4th. And then it gives me some results, right? Average rank up 11.2. So that was a good thing that I did. Yeah. Right. And then you can, that could be anything. That could be, I, I updated the uh, photos. The picture, yeah. Yeah. Whatever it is. So you want to make that change one change at a time. Uh, and then see how that affects it, right? Because people will get freaked out when they're not getting bookings and they'll like change a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. And that didn't work or it did work, but which thing worked? And you don't know. Which thing didn't work? You don't yeah. know. So you do one at a time, see what works. If it didn't work, you revert back to where you were. And then, uh, yeah. but this you is, can't uh, do any of that without knowing what your rank is. 
Right. right. So just so, uh, having that benchmark to begin with. Yeah. You know, this is all really, really good information. I think for, so people I've talked to about Airbnbs, like most people are just, Hey, I'm considering Airbnb out like a room in my house or a basement yeah. or another unit because, um, so for example, like, Hey, it came vacant. I was renting to a long-term tenant, but now I'm going to do short-term stays. Um, you know, I just want to want to get into it and like, but after hearing all this, I think people are going to be scared away. It's a, a little bit, um, it's a bit much. Like, I think what people think about Airbnb is 10 years ago, you just buy a bunch of plates and cups and yep. a couch and a bed and you stick it in there and then uh, you go, right? Yeah. And, but you're, uh, you're really pointing to the fact that it, if, if you're going to do Airbnb, it's more or less, it's a business. It's a source of revenue and you have customers, you have guests. And you need to kind of treat it like that. And if you want to make a go at it and yeah. do it something long term, then you kind of have to, um, you know, keep keep these tools in mind that are available to you to streamline, like the cleaning, yep. property management. So, very good information. Well, okay. Let me just just say I know we're getting a little long in the tooth here, um, but eighty to ninety percent of people of Airbnb hosts do not do this. Right. So you can just list your thing and, you know, if there's a lot of demand in the city and this is what we did for a long time, right? We didn't do any of this yeah. stuff. We just, we had good listings and there was a lot of demand where we were. So it worked out. It was fine. We were always booked, right? But now it's a little more, comp well, it's a lot more competitive and um, you could still do that and you could still work yeah. and you would have no idea why, but I would rather know. But it might not work as good as. Um, you might think no and if you really want to be like in the top yeah of your um, fix that camera again yes in the top of your class or whatever if you really want to maximize the amount of money you're making yeah and this is uh, so if 80% tools. of the people or 90% of the people aren't doing it and you can pick up something from this podcast and you start doing it you could be in the top 10% yeah that's great and so for earnings and for occupancy. Yeah. So like it all just translates into more money in your yeah. pocket. Right. And Which helps you make a better Airbnb and yeah, help more people. Exactly. And for the cost, we're talking probably 50, less than 50 bucks a month. Yeah. Um, for some of these tools for one listing. Yeah. So, you know, I, to me, it's a no brainer. <laughs> it's a little bit more work initially. But once it's running, it's, yeah. you can, you could put it on autopilot. I usually, I'm in every day looking at stuff, adjusting stuff, but you yeah. could just put it on autopilot and check once a month and, um, you know, 30% yeah. more I'm revenue. Sure there's uh, a ton more tools we could talk about, which we will talk about in the future. Yes. But hopefully people got a lot out of this episode and I you're going to so. have to watch it. I think, or at least check in some of these platforms. L listen very it. intently. Yeah. <laughs> So until next time, steward your wealth wisely. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Two Stewards Show. If you like my voice better, click subscribe. And if you like my voice better, click share. If you like both, give us a five-star rating. To interact with the show, feel free to reach out at hello at twostewards.ca. We will see you in the next episode. In the meantime, steward your wealth wisely. <laughs>